Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Introduction to English Linguistics. Now, this podcast is really designed as an accompaniment to my university course, Introduction to English Linguistics, at the Ruhr University in Bochum, Germany. But of course, anyone is welcome to listen. So in today's session, we've been talking about what linguistics is. And we said that linguistics is the scientific study of language. But what is language? Now, I'm sure you can think of hundreds of languages. There are over 5,000 spoken on the planet today. And we also have sign languages, such as American Sign Language or German Sign Language. But what is it about these communication systems that makes them languages compared to, let's say, the sounds dolphins make or the chirping of birds or the barking of dogs that we would say these aren't really languages? Let's take a look and see. So in the 1960s, a linguist by the name of Charles Hockett developed what he called design features of languages. Design features is just another way of saying properties. So these features are things that Hockett thought a communication system should have in order to be considered a language. The first of these is reflexivity. So human beings, we are able to reflect on language and how we use it. I mean, right now you're literally doing a course that talks about how language is used and what language is made up of. And we don't have any um, evidence that dogs and cats can do that. So we don't have any evidence that dogs can meet up and say, so is the phoneme that needs to be at the start of roof and uh needs to be there. Whereas we know from phonetics that we have to think about those things in language. Um, We also know that dogs don't really give each other courses on, okay, dogs, if you roof like roof, 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 then we will know that you are happy. Dogs just seem to be able to do this. Uh, Whereas human beings, we can have courses and we can think about this quite a lot. So that's the first feature. The second feature is displacement. And displacement means that human beings are able to use language to talk about things that happened in the past and that might happen in the future. So we can talk about the year 2019, you know, the before times when you could leave your house and do fun things. Or we could talk about the year 2029, when hopefully we'll be able to leave our house and do fun things again. We can talk about the year 19. um, And we can talk about the year 4021. We can talk about any range of time and space because we're not restricted in any way. We can talk about places that are far away. I can talk about Australia or China, even though I've never been to either of those places, um, even though they're not immediately near to me. And I can talk about things that don't really exist, like monsters or Narnia or Hogwarts, right? So that's part of displacement. Now, we have some evidence that some animals can do this. And if you're part of this course in the Moodle, you'll see that I've put a link up about bees. If you're not part of this course, just Google bees dancing on YouTube and you will see some very cool stuff. Um, But when you think of bees and you compare it to what human beings can do, you'll see that their displacement is very limited. So the next feature that Hockett came up with is arbitrariness. Now, look around you. Maybe you're sitting on a chair. Maybe there's a computer somewhere. Um, Maybe there's a bench. Who knows? Why is a chair called a chair? Why is a table called a table? Why isn't it the other way around? How come it's in one language, one thing, and in another language, another thing? 
Well, that's because there's no natural connection between the linguistic form, so the word we use for something, and what it looks like in the real world. Now, of course, there are onomatopoeic words. So like if I hit my foot and I say, ouch, we might find that everyone understands that that means, okay, that's pain. Um, but there's about most of the words we use, there's no one-to-one thing that makes us think, okay, that must mean that. And so that means that language is completely arbitrary. Now, you'll remember that we said earlier in this course that language is also conventionalized. So the arbitrary symbols can become conventionalized. And that's how, yeah, basically you can't look at a chair and say, that's a potato, because you would be breaking another rule. But language is in and of itself arbitrary. If you've ever seen the movie musical The Sound of Music, you might remember the scene when Maria tells the children that with just the few notes she's taught them, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, they can mix them all up and make an infinite number of songs. And that's how language works as well. Even though the number of sounds the human vocal tract is able to produce is somewhat finite, we can put those sounds together into different words um, in an infinite number of ways and then those words into sentences in an infinite number of ways. So this means that the potential number of human utterances is infinite. Now, we have to stress the note of potentiality there because, of course, there are limitations. We might run out of breath, we might need to sleep, or we might die. And then, yeah, it won't be infinite. But potentially, if we didn't need any of those things, we can make an infinite number of utterances. So that's the first um, aspect of productivity. The second aspect of productivity, and that this links to the next point, creativity, um, is that we can create words for things that don't exist and formulate never-before-heard utterances. Um, now, if you're part of the course, you'll see that there's a video on vivid monkeys and vivid monkeys having different sounds for different animals. So they have a high chatter or low chatter for different types of animals um, that might be predators to them. But what we know about vivid monkeys is that they can't, um, if we were to introduce a new predator for them, so if we were to cross an eagle with a snake, two of their different predators, they don't have a way of creating a new word, um, a new sound to say eagle snake or sneagle or whatever we might call it. Um, and that's actually really dangerous for them. And that's something we can do as human beings. We can have an eagle snake and call it sneagle. Okay? So the next design feature is creativity um, and I like to think of creativity as working with productivity and displacement um, because what that means is that we can imagine stories that's how we have all these great books that we can think of um, we can come up with new ideas and theories uh, that's how science and technology and all those things are allowed to happen because creativity as a language feature allows us to be able to express this um, so our sets of references are not fixed we can develop new ones um, and we can also choose to be silent and that's an important aspect of creativity as well because if we think of our vivid monkeys for example um, if they see an animal coming that's dangerous to them they have to make a noise um, and that actually exposes them to danger they can't like stop making the noise um, they would actually choke uh, but that wasn't that wouldn't happen to us like we can see someone coming behind another person with a knife and we can choose to be silent and that's also part of creativity uh the sense that 
we don't have to say anything at all. Um, but like I said, animal communication is fixed reference, so they can't really think of new things, which kind of sucks for them. Another really important feature of human language is that it's culturally transmitted, or what Hockett calls cultural transmission. And that means that language is passed on in a cultural context. Um, we have a genetic disposition to language, but it's not a genetic disposition to a specific language. So, like I've already said, I've never been to China or Australia. If I were to, let's say, adopt a baby from China and raise them with me in Germany, the baby would probably grow up speaking English and German. English because they would learn it from me as their mother and German because the culture in which I'm surrounded is German speaking and so my child would learn those languages but they probably would not learn as a first language Chinese or Mandarin or Cantonese because I don't have a high enough proficiency to speak that with my child Uh, they can learn it later on in life of course but again that would be in a culturally transmitted setting of a classroom okay so first language acquisition happens naturally in a cultural setting but other forms of language acquisition are culturally transmitted as well now think about if you have 20 pet cats and then you decide after all these pet cats you really want a dog when you get your dog your dog is not going to come into your house and start speaking cat like your dog is not going to be like meow meow it's going to bark it's going to be like even though all the cats around it are speaking cat um and so that's different with animals like their communication systems are stuck with them and of course you can say well what about birds that can learn human languages well they can't really learn human languages they can learn a few words of human talk but they're not really learning language in the strictly human way another design feature is called duality of patterning and duality of patterning is a bit difficult to understand So if you're part of the course, we'll go through this again. But if you're not part of the course, you can just Google it. Um, And what that means is that language is organized in two layers simultaneously. Or this is how I like to think of it anyway. So the sounds of language don't have any innate meaning. And you might remember that from when you did phonetics and phonology. That, for example, the sounds t, p, e don't have any meaning per se. It's only when they're put in combination with other sounds that they begin to have meaning. And it's only when they appear in certain orders. So if we think of t, p, t doesn't mean anything, p doesn't mean anything, e doesn't mean anything. But if I put them together, um, I can have t, e, p, and then I'd have tip. I could have p, e, n, I would have pin. I could have p, e, t, and then I could have pit. Right? So this is the duality of patterning, that putting these things together is what gives them meaning. Now, Hockett does come up with a few other features, but I would say some of those features that he comes up with are really the features of speech and not features of language per se. So one thing that he says is that language requires a vocal auditory tract um, or a vocal auditory channel. Um, and that's true basically of, first of all, all animal communication systems, but it also doesn't consider, for example, sign languages, which do not need a vocal auditory channel. Um, he says that language is transitory. 
uh but again that's true of all animal communication systems so that doesn't seem to be specific to language and if you think of it this podcast is not transitory because part of the transitoriness means that listeners have to receive the message as soon as they are produced which you're obviously not doing right now um yeah and then another thing that he talks about is total feedback i do think that's really important um in that he says that human beings have the ability to perceive the signals that they transmit and that means that we understand what we are communicating to others um and so we can edit things to make sure our message comes through correctly and that people we aren't misunderstood and things like that um and that is also very true and of course this can be impaired for example with people with um language communication disorders they do not have this total feedback response and we don't have any evidence again that animals can do that however i would say that total feedback is really an aspect of reflexivity and not necessarily a feature on its own okay so that's the end of my first podcast i know there's some errors in it and so on but it's really designed as part of this course and i hope that you found this helpful bye and i hope you listen to the next episode